You're listening to the We Love Equity Real Estate Show, a podcast that discusses the intricacies of real estate investing with your host, Marcus E. Maloney. Marcus is a real estate investor best known for being the equity king. He's been awarded that moniker because he and his team find amazing real estate deals. He will be talking with investors who have done some transformational things in the real estate industry. They'll discuss their process, their strategies, and how their investments transform their lives and the communities they invest in. We welcome you to the We Love Equity Real Estate Show. What happened was a friend of mine had sent me a video. It was an interview on YouTube. And so I started watching it. This was October, November 2016. Yeah. And... I said, when I'm listening to this guy talk about owner financing, now he got his properties through private investors and then he would buy the property cash and then put it back on the market. Well, I knew I couldn't do that because I didn't have the connections and I felt uncomfortable borrowing money. But what I liked about creative financing was that I could control the property still or buy it and still control it and then, so to speak, flip it to a tenant buyer. But this one, my first one, I bought it through cash. I did that method. Uh, okay. It was cash that I had that I had saved up through the years and I bought it cash and then I put it back on the market. The realtor ended up uh, helping me finding a tenant buyer. But the thing, Marcus, was this is what I, I just felt it in my stomach and in my heart. This is what I wanted to do. I wanted to do creative financing because we all have been told you got to put 20% down, 25% down. You always got to have money. Well, you can get into real estate with little money. Not even including stocks. I'm just talking about with creative funding, you can get yeah. in with a little as maybe a couple of hundred bucks, a couple of thousand. Again, it depends on the deal. But I knew, Marcus, this is what I wanted to do. The We Love Equity Show is brought to you by Azria, widely recognized as an outstanding resource for real estate investors with exceptional education, networking, and support, along with profit-enhancing benefits and all aspects of real estate investing. Visit Azria at www.azria.org. That's visit Azria at www.azreia.org. Hello, we love Equity Real Estate family. I am excited about today because today we are taking a different approach, something that we haven't talked about on the show today. And I know that it will definitely be beneficial to you guys that's on the sideline, that's trying to get into the game. And you're wondering, wow, is this something that I really need to do? Am I too old? Am I too young? You have all of those self-limiting beliefs. So today I have Will Morales, out of the great state of New York and the great state, uh, great city of NYC. And he is on today. He is a creative finance guy that's doing deals in multiple states. Uh, but what I want to touch on with Will on today is he got started a little bit later in life. So like some of you guys that got that caught the real estate bug early, he didn't catch that entrepreneurial bug until later on in life. So we're going to talk about that and how he's working to fast track his process into really getting going as a real estate investor. So Will, Will, welcome to the show on today. Well, Marcus, thank you so much. It's, I'm honored to be here. I can't wait to talk to your audience. And again, thank you for having me on. All right, so Will, come on, man, tell me, how did you get started in real estate? Well, before we even get there, what did you do pre-real estate? What are you doing now as far as 
your journey down a real estate road? Well, before uh, I got into real estate or got interested in real estate, pretty much I was nowhere. I didn't have a path. I thought the job that I had previously to the one I have now, because I still have a full-time job while doing real estate, I thought that was it. That, that was my career. And I remember speaking to a sales rep that I dealt with. He says, hey, you should get into real estate. I'm like, yeah, sure. Anyway, I think it was maybe a few months later, I said, well, let me try. And I bought my first book, which was The Beginner's Guide to Real Estate Investing, which I okay. think everybody should get. It's a really good book. It gives you pretty much a rundown. I think it was by Gary Eldred. So that was the first book. Shortly after that, which I didn't read Marcus for about six months. It was gotcha. on my shelf gathering dust. So anyway, to make it all so short, I went to a real estate wealth and expo show here in New York City. It featured our president, Donald Trump at the time, Tony Robbins, Robert Kiyosaki, and Jim Cramer. And they were talking about real estate, stock investing, and everything. Bought my first course. And from that on, for a long, long time, Mark, because I became a student. So I didn't get the entrepreneurial bug till I was about maybe 43, 44. Okay. So previously, from the age of, let's say, 21 to 44, I was just going through life just as is. Nothing come to mind about being an entrepreneur. So it wasn't until I was 43, 44 that finally the light went on. As I said, when the student is ready, the teachers appeared. And it did. It, it, it really did after that. That's absolutely right, man. And that's, that's good <clears throat> because what you did was, and this is what I tell people is, it can be some obscure person that can say something to you that will ignite something in you. This salesperson, you knew, but you didn't really know in a professional or personal capacity. And they said, well, you should try real estate. And that kind of got that, got that inquisitiveness going in your head said, well, I don't know, but let me look into it. And then from here, you went to the went to the seminar and everything like that. So what did you learn sitting in that seminar? What did you learn? Because now you're, you're 42 years old. You're sitting there, you have a career that you're going down this path and you're like, okay, well now I'm pivoting to real estate. Kind of what was going through your brain on that? When, I mean, at the time, the speakers, there were speakers like maybe like every 20 to 30 minutes coming through. So and when these guys were talking, I, I noticed something in my, in my gut says, hey, I can do this too. Uh, of course, they made it simpler. They, these guys have all the experience and these guys, you know, are professional speakers. But to be honest with you, Marcus, what I, what I felt inside is that I can do this. And for some reason, like I said, that opened up the door. Then I just started learning about personal development. And this is all, mind you, at the age of 42, 43, 44. And I realized that I, I can do this. Like I said, I bought my first course and then so on. I started going more and more seminars. But I, the main thing was the belief in myself that I can actually do this. Okay. And that is true, man. It's, it's really with people. And I will say with us in general, it's once someone says something and you get intrigued and you say, okay, well, I wonder if I can do this. And then once you make that definite decision that says, but I can do this. And this is something that I'm going to do. That's when things start to happen. And that's when things start to come into you. You start attracting the right people. You start looking for the right materials because prior to this, real estate wasn't even on your radar 
At Definitely all. not. <laughs> Definitely okay. not. Definitely not. I didn't, I didn't, didn't even think about real estate as, as an, even as an investment. Because like in my job at the time, they give you a 403B, which is a re- similar to 401k. Yep. And I didn't know anything about it. I just picked anything out of the blue. But there, real estate wasn't in it. It wasn't until years later after the crash that I, again, things force you, certain situations force you to either get, get on the, hit the books or like you said, reach out to the people and attract, you know, the right people to you. And that's what I did. I just started going to seminars. I started going, I joined the local RIA here in New York City and that helped. But slowly but surely, I started, you know, seeing the path. It was a long one, but I started seeing it. Okay. So after you, so you went to this real estate um, seminar and you bought the course. How long did it take you before you actually started implementing some of the things that was in the course? I'm going to be honest with you. It wasn't until much, much later, probably eight, nine years later, because my path was, I didn't know what I wanted to do in real estate. The first thing was fix and flip. Thanks, HGTV. (laughs) And then it was tax liens. And those were the late night commercials that I saw during that time in the 2007, Then it was buy and hold. Then it was, like I said, tax liens wholesaling it was just a process and and for me to uh, to be honest i never got anything done because i didn't know what i wanted to do i knew i wanted to be in real estate and like i said my first purchase if you say quote was a stock a real estate investment trust and still i didn't know what i wanted to do it wasn't until 2016 when i finally decided whoa owner financing that's what i wanted to do but the main message is you gotta pick something and focus on it. And I didn't do that. And that's, that's one of the things that people really run into is it's so many different avenues and niches in real estate to where, like you said, okay, well, I want to do wholesaling. Now I want to do creative financing. No, I want to yeah. own apartment buildings. No, I want to do fix and flips. No, I want to uh, do Airbnbs. No, I want to do REITs. It's so many things. But like you said, it you is. have to decide and you have to pick this one thing that you're going to do and really dig into it. Then further, when you get down the road, then you can say, okay, well, I have this one area somewhat mastered. Let me see if I can pivot and try and add this tool to my toolbox. Because in the beginning, normally you just have a hammer. Just want to try and beat (laughs) everything and try and make it work, try and make it work. Once you make that work and you use that tool, now you say, okay, well, I need something else. Instead of just beating everything into submission, now I need to cut some. So now you're starting to learn, okay, I need a a saw. So that saw may be creative financing. Let me learn how to use this tool along with my hammer. And then you go on down the road and you started finding other things that you can do to add to that toolbox. So it took you eight or nine years to, wow, it took you eight or nine years to really get started after you bought the course. That's bad. That's bad. But go ahead. No, but that's why I wanted to tell that to your audience. And and I I even did that on my podcast where I, I was into the shiny object syndrome. I could have been so far ahead, but I, it was just a, a lack of focus of what I wanted to do. So that's always clear. Be clear, focus, and believe me, the, you'll see the light. 
And I, I didn't do that because I was all over the place and I didn't finish anything. That was what was disappointing and bad. Did not finish anything. Yeah, yeah. And definitely starting at your, at your age, it was like you really needed to focus on what you needed to focus on because you didn't have time to waste. I mean, although 40 is still prime years to, to make some money and get things done. Heck, look at Colonel Sanders. He didn't start making money, real money, or become a millionaire till 65, you know, 66. Yeah. So not to say that, that time is running out, but you really need to be focused to where you say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And this is what I'm doing. So you decided, William, on creative financing. Why? Why that niche? It, with that niche, what, what happened was a friend of mine had sent me a video. It was an interview on YouTube. And so I started watching it. This is October, November 2016. Yeah. And I said, and I'm listening to this guy talk about owner financing. Now he got his properties through private investors and then he would buy the property cash and then put it back on the market. Well, I knew I couldn't do that because I didn't have the connections and I felt uncomfortable borrowing money. But what I liked about creative financing was that I could control the property still or buy it and still control it. And then, so to speak, flip it to a tenant buyer. But this one, my first one, I bought it through cash. I did that method. Uh, It was cash that I had that I had saved up through the years. And I bought it cash. And then I put it back on the market. The realtor ended up uh, helping me finding a tenant buyer. But the thing, Marcus, was this is what I, I just felt it in my stomach and in my heart. This is what I wanted to do. I wanted to do creative financing because we all have been told you got to put 20% down, 25% down. You always got to have money. Well, you can get into real estate with little money, not even including stocks. I'm just talking about with creative finance, you can get in with a little as maybe a couple of hundred bucks, a couple of thousand. Again, it depends on the deal. But I knew, Marcus, this is what I wanted to do. Okay. So kind of walk us through that deal, Will. Yeah. How How did you find it? Let's start there. How did you find that deal? I went to realtor.com. Right. Okay. Uh, I use it, how I usually look for deals is realtor.com, which is very rare, but I use either Zillow, Craigslist, or ListSource.com. Okay. And, and let me, I'll run through each one. Zillow has, if you set your filters, you can find for sale by owners. Right. So in Orlando, that's what I, I do. So almost every day or every other day, I get uh, a, a new listing of for sale by owner. But in Pittsburgh, let's go back to that. I, I looked at realtor.com. I looked in, in the, I think it was the 152. Two one five two one zero zip code, if I'm okay. right, and because doing my research, that was one of the top markets in Pittsburgh. But the houses were cheap, also. So went to Realtor.com, saw a house, did like a, a like a Google Earth search or whatever, or, or used uh-huh. the map. Once I got the address, I typed it in the county website. I found who the owner was, which was a bank. I called the realtor and I said, "Hey." I'm interested in this property, but I would like to buy it, but then put it back on the market as owner financing. Do you work with investors? And the guy said, yeah, definitely we do that. So I offered 8,000. The property was on sale for 27. It was on the market between 90 to 100 days. I offered eight in cash. They said no. Yeah. And so I said, okay, well, at least I made an offer. That was like my first one. Okay, I feel better. I, I yep. got out of the box. Two weeks later, Marcus, that same realtor called me and said, hey, is your offer still available? And, I'm, and I, my heart is beating like crazy. Uh-huh. And I said, yeah, it is. 
8,000? I should have went to five, Marcus. So that's one thing. <laughs> I, because of my excitement, I said, yeah, I'll do eight. They accepted okay. the offer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they accepted the offer. The realtor went working right away to find me a tenant buyer. We had to get a mortgage broker to make sure he qualifies. I had to get a title company to do the paperwork. Uh, the realtor also provided some paperwork and some more guidance. I never went to Pittsburgh. He took a video of the property, pictures, and it was pretty much in good condition. Just needed cosmetic work, painting, new fixtures and things like doorknobs and things like that. Within three weeks to a month, we got a tenant buyer. I put it on the market for 27, 10% down payment, monthly payments, I think of 345.07, less 35 that I got that I got a loan servicing company to, service. to provide the paper. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Just to make it legal. And yep. I don't want to be the in-between, to be honest with you. So he gets $35 a month, the company, and I cash flow 30707 per month. Okay. It's an eight-year deal which I think is 96 months and we're already, and I got that in September, 2017 and it's already going on three years and so far so good. He's been paying okay. on time. All right. So let's unpack this because you gave us a lot there. So you're in NYC. Your first yes. deal is in Pittsburgh. Yes. Were you scared about going, doing something, you being in New York and a deal is in Pittsburgh? Oh my God. Yeah. I, I said to myself, I no, it has to be here in New York. I have to go see it. And through through my contacts and seminars, I was convinced that you could get a property out of state. As they say, live where you must, but invest where it makes sense. If yep. I got that right. And Pittsburgh makes sense. So but but again, Marcus, I made phone calls. I rely on the realtor. I did my research uh -huh. online on Zillow, Craigslist. I got this thing called the Comprehensive Annual Financial Report, which is CAFR, and I looked at Pittsburgh. And oh my God, it's three, about two or 300 pages, but the thing is, Marcus, you can narrow it down to a few pages on the economy, the financials, and the demographics. And that's what I did. And so I felt confident. I didn't have to go there, but I could make a, uh, an informed decision pursuing that property. Right. And I did, and the realtor helped. Okay. So guys, you hear from Will. He, his first deal was out of state. It's creative financing. He worked with the realtor, found tenant buyer, cash flowing 300 and something bucks a month. And this is right. his first deal. So guys, I, the reason why I want to stress the importance is Will could have stayed in that fear stage and not took action and not did anything. But as you can see, when he finally made that first offer what did you say will your heart was beating out of your chest right making it wow yeah and here i am i'm i'm a grown man i'm 55 years old <laughs> and my heart was still beating like a, a teenager but, but you I had that re yeah right yeah you, you 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 made the offer once you made that offer it was a sigh of relief like okay yes. that wasn't that bad i can I can do more of these. Although the initial rush was, oh my God, am I doing the right thing? But once you yes. made the offer, although it was rejected at the time, it was like, okay, I can exhale. All right, now I can start moving down this road. So you made the offer at $8,000 on the $27,000 house. Okay, yeah. low ball offer, classic. All right, <laughs> and they didn't accept the offer. 
So did you, from there, you was like, okay, that's done. I'm looking for the next deal or kind of what was your thought process after that initial bit of rejection? I was a little upset. I'm like, man, I thought I made a good offer, but I knew it was low ball. But after when I thought about it, like 10 seconds later, I said, well, what? I got out the box. I made the offer. And I said, okay, I'm going to look somewhere else. So I got back on the computer, started looking, started writing down some information. And it's a long process because you got to do your research, you know, that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't mind. I, I like doing that stuff. So when I got the call two weeks later, that shocked the hell out of me because yep. I, it was a call from Pittsburgh. And I'm like, who the hell's calling me from Pittsburgh? I didn't yeah, you forgot. You forgot all about what you was doing. Yeah, huh? I just moved on. And when he called me the same realtor, I said, yeah, definitely. But again, I should have, right. lower. but again, but the initial is Marcus. I, 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 I went through that offer, got rejected, but I was, I was happy that I finally made, I did something. Exactly. Exactly, man. And that's, that's the most important thing because you was able to, to do that, make a little money. But the main thing was knowing that, Hey, this is possible. Everything that everybody is talking about in these seminars and everything like that, that I've been studying for the past eight, nine years, dude, it is possible. So what made you finally, William, decide I'm going to take some action? But I, I stuck at my age. At the time, when I went to that seminar in, here in New York City, I was 42, 43. All of a sudden, all these years went by, and I'm 55, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, 27, yeah, 10 years later from 2007 at the age of 40, what was that, 45 to 55 because I was lost. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I was scared that my 403B wasn't going to be enough. Social Security wasn't going to be enough. And I didn't want to be working until I'm 80 unless I wanted to. Gotcha. So it was a little fear of seeing the, my financial picture. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that said, I, I said that to myself, I got to go now. I can't wait anymore. And, and I just made the offer. And when it got accepted, I said, okay, that's the first one. It took me a couple of years to do the second one because I was all over the place again. I mean, which created financing, but I knew this is what I wanted to do. And it's, you got to take action. That's it. Yep. Okay. So let me ask you, yep. Let me ask you about the realtor because a lot of people, or I would say some people when they're looking at structuring these creative finance deals or wholesale deals or making low ball offers, they always think it's the investor versus the big bad realtor. We're always at odds. So how did that, I know you said that the, the realtor was very integral and you really closing this deal and getting it done. What did they do to help you? What did that realtor, what did he do to help you? Well, when I first called him and I, and I explained what I wanted to do, he understood the process of owner financing and all that. So that was key. And I just, it was a shot in the dark because I just called the realtor. I never did any research on him or anything. I saw like, I think five stars on his, on his uh, page or whatever. And then he took pictures, he took video. I said, listen, I'm not going to go to Pittsburgh. Would you mind taking pictures and videos. Plus he was getting commission not only from the bank, but he was also getting it from me. Right, I right. told him, Hey, if you sell this, you'll get commission on both ends. So he heard that. He goes, yeah, definitely. So he mm-hmm. was very, I, I wish that he was still part of the team, but it was at just that one time in Pittsburgh and that's, I never been back there or anything or gone there, but gotcha. he would help in terms of paperwork connections. And as much as something we might dog a realtor, but if they're investor friendly, they have tons of contacts that that'll cut the learning curve like 
three quarters because yeah. you can rely on their team. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things that I tell our people that's getting started and those that, you know, have been doing it for a while is realtors, a good investor-friendly realtor can be your friend. They can definitely help you move properties, buy properties, get tenant buyers in your case, things like that. So, yeah, guys, you, you have to reach out to your realtors. We we do a lot of wholesaling and we have a buyer's list and probably a quarter of our buyer's list are realtors because guess what? Realtors work with investors. They're looking for deals to pitch to their investors. So why not have them on your team so they can look at your deal and then say, okay, well, I may have a, I may have a buyer for this. So let me ask you this, Will, and we're going to wrap up this deal and we're going to go on to the next, but when doing that, this is your first deal. You didn't know yeah. what paperwork, you didn't know what needed to be signed, uh, where to find your tenant buyer, kind of walk us through that. Where did you get everything from? Well, the, the first was the mortgage broker that I needed, right? So again, I relied on the realtor. So he says, yeah, because one thing I learned is that you got to qualify because eventually these guys are going to get a, a bank loan a mortgage, down yep. the road, a mortgage down the road. But with this one was easy because I had it myself. So he was, he's, he has to qualify for me, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so when I found out that he had the money, his credit was a little low, but he, he got laid off. I think he also had a couple of medical bills. So that's understood. You can't, life happens. Right. So when we got the mortgage broker, he did a, a report. He said, this guy can afford it. His credit's a little low. Are you, would you willing to accept him? I said, sure. If he has the money, I'm okay with that. Then the next was getting the title cover, which is the paperwork. I did some research on it, but then I realized that the realtor also had that. So that was taken care of. But I still suggest for your audience, look for your own title company just in case yep. that they could do the paperwork. There's home loans. I think it's homeloans.com. And I think there's FCI Trust or TCI Trust.com. Yeah, FCI Trust. I yeah. use them. I use them on one of our deals. They're, they're in California. So, yep. Yeah. Definitely familiar. Yeah. So they're out there that's willing to help. So once that was done, I felt a relief. I didn't have to do everything myself because I always thought I did. But no, once you have a team member, they could supply the rest of the team. But of course, I talked to them, I asked them questions. And I asked some different types of scenarios and, and it worked. I didn't need a property manager because that tenant buyer was going to be the owner himself down the road. Okay. So you got this first deal done. You're looking pretty good. You got the tenant buyer in place. Have you had any issues with the tenant buyer making payments or anything like that as of yet? No, it's been going on three years in September. So next month is September and he's been paying on time. He's been paying his property taxes, his insurance, everything. But I always keep a, a fair amount of money put away just in case, yep. especially for property taxes and things like that. So I always put money away. I don't spend that 307 pretty much like 80% of it I, I put away and the other 20% I just have it there just in case. That's good. That's good. Because I, and you strike a nerve with me there because I just had to send over a check to FCI for property taxes on one of the deals that we were doing because the guy that didn't pay the whole property taxes. So they called, reached out to me and I was like, well, yeah, of course, I'm going to pay the taxes and make sure that the, that the property is still in good standings because I don't yeah, want to lose the property. So 
Okay. So you got this deal done. I know you're feeling like a rock star. You're like, all oh, yeah. right, we, we got the first one closed. We rocked. So what happened after that? What was next? So then after that, I just started, I started going to more and more seminars. I started joining more meetup groups and all that. So then I realized that was taking so much of my time. Excuse me. That I didn't do anything what was it, 2017 and 2018? I didn't do anything the whole year. Basically, I was just concentrating. I started my own podcast, but even then, that was part time. So I was just pretty much just trying to meet more and more people, which is to me a good thing, but also at the same time bad because you're focusing on that. Yeah. It wasn't until December of 2019 when I got back on the, on the wheel again or on the wagon that I wanted to do owner financing. So I set up a criteria in Zillow for for sale by owners in Orlando. And once I got some, at least 10 properties, then I just started doing research. But they were all within a month of being posted. I found one that was on the market for 60 days and I reached out to him, but I texted him through or emailed him through uh, Zillow's platform. Yep. And I said, would you willing to sell your property through monthly payments? Or I think I said terms or monthly payments. I can't remember what I said. And he reached out to me. He, te- he emailed me back, says yes. And then when I talked to him, he was motivated, Marcus, because he wanted to move further north. He was in Orlando. He wanted to move, I think, I don't know if it was Atlanta or anything, to okay. be close to his family. So there was a little motivation there. And we structured the deal where I gave him 5000 down to move for his expenses. Mm-hmm. And I got a five-year deal with him, right? So I have to cash him out in five years. I found a tenant buyer. This one, I have a brother that lives down there. So he was my eyes and ears, and I used his okay. connections. Gotcha. And I found a tenant buyer, and we closed in January, and he's been paying me so far so good. The numbers was two fifty for the property. I put it back on the market for two sixty five. Okay. I paid the the owner a thousand a month, and I'm collecting twelve fifty from the tenant buyer. The tenant buyer has, I think, three years to cash me out. Okay. He could do it sooner, obviously, if he wants to. Right, right. But so that's pretty much uh, the number. So I'm cash flowing about two fifty a month on, on that deal. Okay. So this again, one I feel more confident. I'm sorry, Marcus. I feel more confident because I, I like. Oh wait a minute! I remember what I did the last time. So once you do one deal, guys, you feel like hey, you could become an expert, and everything is a little easier as you go along. There you go. So, and, and this is, you're not doing any out of pocket expense as far as marketing. You're just going on Zillow and for sale by owners and looking and you set your criteria. This is what I'm looking for. This is where I'm looking for it at. And once that ding goes, goes off, okay, well, (laughs) let me pick up the phone and and get his, these people will call and see who's willing to discuss the options with me. So that one in Orlando, so again, you've never been to Pittsburgh, never been to Orlando to look at these well, properties. Well, no, not definitely not. I've been to Orlando to visit, but never, I didn't see these properties. No, again, I just relied on my brother. He was my eyes and ears. So that helped a lot because he looked at the property. He would go for me or this property in particular, and he would take pictures for me. And, and I asked him, if you were me, would you live in this? And he goes, yeah, this is beautiful. The area is nice. So he knew that part of Orlando. And what was amazing, like I said, he was my eyes and ears. And that's what I always wanted. I always wanted, as they say, boots on the ground. Yep. There you go. There you go. So, 
And how did you find a tenant buyer for that one? You just put it on the market and said, okay, we're selling it for 265 and I'm willing to do it on terms? This one, again, was through a realtor. My brother recommended a realtor. And I said, and I, I, this one wasn't investor friendly, but I explained everything to her, Marcus, at least two or three times yep. because she didn't get it. And then I just say, all you got to do is find me someone that their credit scores dinged 600 to between six and 650 that they have the money and they could qualify for mortgage in the future. So once she, she got the concept, she goes, yeah, I, I think I have a couple of people like that. And then she reached out and I got on the phone with the tenant buyer. We talked and every, since then, everything's been okay. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. But All the right, biggest man. thing was having the realtor help me out too. Okay, good. And, and, and the reason why I was digging into these two, Will, is because a lot of people make excuses. They say, well, I don't have money for marketing. I don't know anybody in Pittsburgh. I don't know anybody in Atlanta or I don't know anybody in Orlando. They make all of these excuses. But what you're saying is, hey, I picked up my phone. I set some, some target areas in my phone. And once my phone ding, I just pick up the phone or actually you're not even picking up the phone. You're just emailing these people and saying, yeah. hey, are you you willing to sell for terms? And if so, let's talk. And yeah. you're, you're structuring these deals that way. So man, that's amazing, especially someone that's just getting started, that's able to do that. So man, I definitely want to want to applaud you for that because <laughs> Thank you, it, takes a, it takes a lot for somebody to do that to, because they can look at all of the negatives and say, but I'm, I'm new, just getting started. I really don't have any money. I don't know anybody in these areas. How can I do it? Well, I can't do it. So I got to wait. And then that wait end up becoming three, four, five, six, ten 10 years or 20 years and they never do anything. So man, kudos to you again, William, Thank for you. stepping out there and really taking action and doing it. So we're going to take a brief break real quick. And then when we come back, we're going to talk to William about what's next. Talk to him briefly about his podcast and things of that nature. Finding real estate deals can be a challenge, but with Batch Leads, it doesn't have to be. Batch Leads has created a one-stop solution for all your real estate needs. So you can find more sellers, close more deals, and maximize revenue. Batch Leads offers a comprehensive suite of lead-generating tools that cover text messaging, skip tracing, finding comps, and much more. Batch Leads help you simplify, manage, and organize all your data in one place. Batch will help you stack your lists and identify properties that appear on multiple lists and have multiple distress indicators. These sellers are likely to be highly motivated and eager to sell. Get the most powerful and complete lead generation platform in the industry. Locate sellers, buyers, and lenders nationwide in seconds. Go to Batchly.io and use promo code WELOVEEQUITY. Okay, we are back, Equity Family. Just to give you a recap, I am talking with Will Morales, who's based out of NYC. He's done a few deals all out of state, and he's an older gentleman. Well, he may be older to some of you guys, but he's right here with me. Um, but he got started later in life as a real estate investor. And the reason why I'm, I'm speaking on that is because don't let these self-limiting beliefs of I'm too young, I'm too old, I don't have money, I do have money, I don't have the experience. Don't let that stuff stop you. Get out there and find everything that you need. And this is exactly what Will had to do. Starting out, he had to rely on others and he did that. And now he's 
he has cash flowing properties that's really hedging his retirement going forward. So William, what's next, man? You, you, you got these deals that's going. What is next for you and, and your company? Well, keep on. I'm looking to do more deals in Orlando. That's going to be my market. I have my brother there, which is a, a big relief. And he's, you know, in his early 30s. So he, I, I don't know if he wants to get into the real estate game. I never asked him. But I told him what, I wanted to, what I'm looking to do. So, and he's help, and he wants to help. So that's the goal is to get more properties. I haven't set a, a figure in terms of how many properties, but the, what I want to make is 10000 a month in cash flow. Because okay. here in New York City, you better, you better make some money if you want to live in a decent place. The cost of living here is just crazy. Uh, unfortunately, with the pandemic, I'm, I'm around. I see mom and pop stores closing all over the place. Yep. So it's just having that retirement uh, savings, having those assets, whether it's short-term, three, five years, but it's still an asset. But yeah, the goal is to, to acquire more properties in the Orlando area and hopefully upstate New York. Okay. All right. Same thing, Sounds through good. creative financing, yeah. Through creative financing. All right. So right now, Will, I know it's just you. Do you have any plans on, well, you've been talking to your brother about, hey, this is something that we can do possibly long-term. So that's good. So you're putting those structures in place. In regards to that $10,000 a month, only thing you need to do is start reverse engineering it. You already got these couple of deals under your belt. You already know how much money these deals are come, uh, making you. So now you just need to say, okay, well, in order for me to get to $10,000 a month, how many deals do I need to do? And what's the average I need to make on each deal? So yeah, once course, you yeah. do that, then you'll know, okay, well, these are so many offers I need to put in. I need to trigger more Zillow leads, more for sale by owner leads. And then that way I can work my way up to that $10,000 $10, a month. So- yeah, sounds exactly. like you're on your way. Well, little by little, but yeah, it's, it's definitely doable. And just like you mentioned, you could do free marketing. There's, like I said, Zillow, Craigslist. I mean, I never use Facebook Marketplace, but that's there. There's for sale by owner sites, fsbo.com, and the word spelled out for sale by owner. So you, you can get in with limited marketing. Like I've done, I used ListSource before. And you could buy a list of maybe 250 names, maybe 50, 60, 60 bucks. bucks. Yep. yep. Yeah. So it's, you don't need to spend like $5,000 a month like some of the gurus suggest you do. I think that's a lot of money. Okay. So yeah, guys, so you can get lists at listsource.com or you just heard the commercial PropStream trial.propstream.com slash we love equity. You can get lists from there. You get a seven day free trial. Um, yeah. Check out PropStream. That way you can look and see, hey, where do I want to be? How do I want to get lists? And how do I want to market to them? So Will, right now we're going to start wrapping up, man. We're going to put you on a hot seat. We are going to yes, put sir. Uh, Will on the hot seat, hot <laughs> seat, hot seat. I know you're familiar with fire trucks, man, being in NYC. You hear them all the time, right? <laughs> yeah, that's part of it. That's the part of the daily routine. Yep, oh, fire yep. truck. Okay. Yeah. We're used to that. Yeah. <laughs> you got yeah, it. You right. got it. So answer these questions for me, man, as quick as possible. You can sure. get a little, little in depth if you want to starting over, what would you do differently? Definitely pick a niche and stay with it. Not fall for the shiny object syndrome. And that's the most dangerous thing about real estate. Like you mentioned, there's tons of real estate uh, niches that we can get into. Pick one, buy a hundred books on it, 
look at 100 videos, go to podcasts like Marcus's or mine or anybody else's, pick the niche and stay focused until you become an expert. Then you can source that out. That's I would do all over again if I could. Okay, great, great, great. And what is your greatest commodity outside of capital? I say being a people person. I love being around people. I have no qualms about going to networking events and all that. So I think just being a people person and stuff, even if you're not, you can still do things online. But I think my, one of my best commodities is just being a people person and, and loving to talk to everybody. Okay. And what drives your ambition, Will? I, listen, I'm 55, 58 years old. Supposedly retirement is a few years away. What drives me is I don't want to rely on my job or social security. So that's my ambition is trying to create as much cash flow and uh, savings as I can. Okay. Sounds great. And what do you believe is your greatest challenge if it's internal or external? External would be just trying to find the right deal, trying to find the right people. It's a constantly changing business. People come and go in the real estate game. So it's constantly building that team and staying focused with that team and just having a great camaraderie. So that, that would be, that's my challenge. Okay. And then what's the latest business or real estate book that you would recommend to someone? Oh yeah, definitely. The Art of Owner Financing by Mitch Steven. Okay. And I think it's called Note Investing by Dave Van Horn. Okay. So those are the two. Of, and I those heard are of note investing. Yep. Yeah. And those are pretty much like the creative finance. And with note investing, everybody, you can start off like I did. And I'm not, it's not a recommendation. I'm not an affiliate. I just put a hundred dollars in prosper.com. And and my returns are maybe a dollar, two dollars, but you know, you can start you starting small. somewhere. Yep. You're starting yep. somewhere. So those that one and obviously what we talked about before, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You got to start with that book. There you go. There you go. All right, Will. Will, I really appreciate it, man. So before we wrap up here, give us a little insight on your podcast, man. How can we find it? Where are you at? And what should we be looking for from you? Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's called Peer to Peer Real Estate, which is Peer to Number Two Peer Real Estate. And my show is pretty much, I, I interview everybody that's in, the, in real estate. I've interviewed contractors, real estate agents, home, home inspection. So I wanted the podcast to be a little different and focus on the industry itself. And you can find it on iTunes and YouTube. iTunes is peer-to-peer real estate podcast. And on YouTube is peer-to-peer real estate podcast. Okay. So guys, that's peer, P-E-E-R, the number two, two? peer P-E-E-R, real estate. So go there, get some more insight. If you want to continue to follow Will and his journey, that's peer-to-peer real estate. And the the YouTube channel is also peer-to-peer as well. Real estate as well. Okay. Well, Will, I want to thank you, man. I really appreciate it. If you ever get the opportunity, you want me to return the favor and be on your podcast, let oh, me know. Of course. Okay. Definitely. Well, we'll, that goes without saying. <laughs> we'll, we'll get that set up. We'll definitely get that set up. So, guys, here, the We Love Equity Real Estate Show, man, we really appreciate Will for being on today. He gave us some, some really good insights on getting started, what you need to do and how you need to do it. So Will, any parting words here? Yeah, just just focus on that one task because you don't want to be like me going to that shiny object syndrome. 
focus on that one task, get it done, become an expert, then you move on to the next thing. And it's, and it's not hard. If I could do it at 55, you guys could do it at half my age. Okay, guys, there you go. Get out there, get started, and remember to always enjoy the journey. Thank you, Marcus. You're welcome. All right, guys, I wanted to bring you something a little bit different with Will. Will, again, started later in life and went to the seminar, got the information, sat on the information for eight or nine years. But then after those nine years, he took action and now he's doing deals in multiple states. So I brought him on to let you guys know that it's never too late. So get started, get out there, get going. And everything that you need is out there. You just have to know where to be, who to ask. And first of all, you need to know what you need. So until you can sit down and identify what you need, you will not be able to obtain it. So I would suggest make doing a self-assessment saying, okay, this is where I am at. This is where I want to go. What do I need to get me from here to there? And if you have to start with, hey, next year, where do I want to be? Or in the next six months, you have to reverse engineer that. You have to look at, okay, well, in the next year, I want to do 10 deals. Well, what do I need to do starting today, day one, that I need to do to start working up to closing 10 deals? So again, the information is out there. You have to be like Will, man, and just get out there and get started. When you get started, all the things that you need again will start to appear and come to you just like him he didn't have a real estate agent the real estate agent appeared he didn't have a real estate attorney the real estate attorney appeared he didn't have a title company the title company appeared and it's through building rapport and the resources that you have and using those resources like i always say empire and parting you have to start where you're at Take that little that you have, the little knowledge that you have, and use that and grow up on, on that. Okay, guys, it's Marcus Maloney, another successful podcast. Remember, you can get all of your information at MarcusEMaloney.com as far as resources for purchase contracts, assignment agreements, 15 free questions to validate your seller all kind of over a hundred YouTube videos. So the information is out there, guys. You just have to go out there and get it. Again, you can go to MarcusEMaloney.com. I want to thank you guys for being here with me. And remember, if you're getting this content, you're enjoying it, you enjoy me as a host, give me a five-star review or give me a review. I'm begging for reviews. Here, here I am. Come on, give me the reviews. Give me the reviews. And the uh, reason why I like those reviews is because it, it lets me know exactly what I need to bring to you, what I need to offer to you to make sure this show is relevant for your learning as a real estate investor. Okay, guys, remember to enjoy the journey. Thank you for listening to today's show. I picked up some great actionable items and I'm sure you did as well. If so, let me know. You can always reach me via social media at facebook.com slash MRCS Maloney, Twitter at MRCS Maloney, and of course, IG at MRCS Maloney. You can also always reach me via email at mmaloney at equityri.com. Make sure you reach out to our guest as well. You can always find their contact information in the show notes below. If you have not subscribed already, what are you waiting for? Join the family. 
And while you're at it, leave us a five-star review. This is how we tell if we're providing you with what you need for your journey. If there's someone you would like for me to interview, or if there's a subject matter you would like for me to cover, please let me know. Finally, if you're looking for additional information about real estate investing, go to equityrealestateblog.com, also youtube.com slash Marcus Maloney. Until next time, family, always enjoy the journey.